Hello, 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 and welcome to the Podcast Spotlight, the offshoot series of the Economical Rice Podcast designed for podcast fans and brought to you by podcast fans. I'm your host, Danny, and today I am absolutely excited to have Angie Neo, local artist and one of the members of Singapore-based podcast Longkang Kitties. Angie, welcome to the show. Hello, 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 and thank you for having me on your podcast, Jenny. <laughs> thank, thank you for co-opting my intro. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I, I listen to you quite a lot, so I, it's always very nice when your hello, hello, hellos come on, and it's uh, it, it gives like a really nice start and really nice tone to your podcast, actually. You are the, um, you are the first person to say that in a positive way, because most of my uh, friends really? actually make fun of that. <laughs> I, I do really like it. I think, you know, there's something about the repetition uh, when you start like a series or right. a, a long form, so a long running kind of show. And then you've got like a, you know, repetition or a ritual. So-called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's nice. And then it gives you something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the funny thing about that intro was that when I started, right, I was like thinking, how do I start off and, and, and make an introduction? And the first <laughs> thing that came to my head was just like, oh, I'm just going to repeat hello three times. I'm just going to like, hello people to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, that's the story behind that. You know, you know what was really funny? Because, um, okay, Long Kong Kitties uh, is, is four of us. Yeah, right? And yeah. John also listens to your podcast a lot. And yeah. there was one time he said, he started off with, hello, 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 <laughs> for hours. And I was like, hey, isn't that Danny's <laughs> intro? <laughs> it's okay. I don't have a, I don't have a trademark or copyright <laughs> over it. So it's, it's totally fine. You guys can. Yeah, but it's so you though. It's, it's totally yours. <laughs> yes. Brand, brand, yes. Uh, brand power right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very good brand recognition, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, anyway, um, for people who don't listen to Long Kong Kitties or are not familiar with you, why don't you just give a, you know, a nice in- uh, introduction and tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course, um, because John was on your podcast earlier, right? Mm. And I don't think he he did a very great job <laughs> at introducing us. <laughs> Here's me throwing some shit at you, John. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so uh, the Long Kong Kitties, uh, it's four of us, uh, so we've got John who is uh, our resident asshole <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, conservative dude. Uh, we've got Dan Wong, who is also the online citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys might know him. He's, he's one of Singapore's best artists. I might be a little bit biased, but he does a lot of subversive political artwork. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's like one of one of the illustrators that I really, really love he's in Singapore. Lo- local celebrity. Yeah, almost, right? <laughs> <laughs> His penis is also very famous. <laughs> Dan's magical moments. Yeah, and Dan's magical moments. Um, and then we've got Jerry. Uh, Jerry is our resident uh, dinosaur. <laughs> he's like the oldest. And he's the, among some of our friends, we call him the pinuncle because he's like the pinnacle of uncleness. Oh. Um, yeah. Right. He, yeah. Um, Jerry's a good dude. He's the best out of all of us, I think. Really? Uh, best person, nicest person, good person. <laughs> and then yeah. there's me, uh, the only female woman, girl. I don't know how to... Yeah, like, after all the, you know, like, the SJW stuff, it's really awkward to introduce yourself with your gender, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, the only girl on the podcast. And then the, three, the four of us... Um, we talk about local politics. We talk about um, stuff that annoys us or pisses right. us off. 
uh, and we have a conversation about it, basically. We try to give accurate facts, but most of the time we're so lazy, we don't really research too much. So, yeah, it's just going, basically, it's just like us reading sometimes the news and having reactions about it. And we're trying to be a little bit better with that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, I've known you guys for quite a while now, and I've been on your yeah. show a couple of times. You are and... our very first uh, guest, I think. <laughs> no. You are our virgin guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so one thing I've always wondered, right, is that you know you got this dynamic with the three guys, one girl. How how does it feel being the the only girl on, on a on a male dominated podcast? It's a little bit complicated because I feel like I hold myself pretty well against the three guys and. And because we talk about more like ideas and um, our reactions uh, towards those things, um, I don't think the it comes into play too much. Uh, it's only when we talk about things like, you know, the Me Too movement where, you know, like it's very female centric or woman centric, uh, right. where, where I feel like maybe my views are not very exactly representative of the average female. And that's when I feel like, oh, maybe we should have another girl or uh, to come on and give her opinions and stuff like that. But mm. otherwise, I think um, it's pretty okay. Yeah. And, and you know, on, on that point, right, I actually find it kind of interesting because, you know, when you have this, this sort of split, right, this sort of uneven split, I think that um, listeners would sort of expect, you know, uh, you to give that sort of uh, more feminine opinion, if you want to put Hello. it that way. I feel so like this. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but, but, the th- but the thing is, I listen to you guys, right? And there's so many times where you sort of break that trope, you know? There are times where I listen to you you guys and then and you will actually voice out your thoughts and say like, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be thinking this way, but this is how I actually think. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then it's actually Dan who's giving the more liberal, Yeah, actually Dan opinion. is more of a feminist than I am, I think, <laughs> in, in some sense. Um if you if I want to be like all SJW, I could be like, oh, that's like benevolent patriarchy, you know, where he tries to be like all uh, the white knight rescuer. <laughs> yeah, but um, Dan is a lot more uh, feely about things than I am. I think I'm not so so emotionally uh, charged about yeah. certain things and. Uh, yeah, I do feel sometimes, especially with the Me Too thing or like stuff about, um, you know, what women should wear and things like that. I, I do sometimes wish that we could get like a female guest on just to talk about their views as well. Mm. I guess from a listener's perspective, right, you know, when you're talking about like the Me Too movement and, and, and femi- feminism and stuff like that, mm. it, it tends to get kind of tribal sometimes. So then, and, and, you know, you have these sort of, uh, roles and people expect you to, to think and, and speak yeah. in a certain way. Uh, it's like if you've got boobs and a vag, you must think this <laughs> way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You, know, you know, I guess I, I appreciate that, you know, you are your own individual and you have your own thoughts. So. Thank you. So, yeah. I mean. I used to be really like SJW liberal. Yeah. Last time. Um, when I was younger, but then. I think a lot of that stemmed out from like an anti-authoritarian kind of thing. Right. And now when I see like the SGWs um, of this time and this generation being all um, like asking you to think a certain way or say things a certain way, sometimes that just rubs me really wrong. Like even if I agree with you, maybe I just don't want to do it just because you fucking piss me off. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah, 10 minutes in, we're already cursing. This is gonna I be. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be better. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm, I lied. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes well. I, yeah, I, I tell my students because I'm also a lecturer. Mm. And the reason why I teach at the polytechnic level is because I know it'd be super hard for me to not curse. <laughs> you so, mean, you mean what? You mean they're okay with cursing? At the polytechnic level, is it or what? Um, well, not officially, <laughs> but you know, it's not such a big deal if like something slips out because uh-huh. your kids are old enough where they would, you know, not make a big deal out of it. Right. So, 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 can you give an example of when like like a curse word slipped out during a lecture? <laughs> there are too many. Oh my god! <laughs> but usually, I walk into class and I ask them. I said. I'll say something like, oh, do you guys all know the S word or the F word? This is like first day of class. And they usually be like, oh, oh yeah. And I'm like, so I'm not teaching you anything new. So, you know, like if anything slips out, you know, you didn't learn this from me, essentially. So right, right, right. I give them like a heads up. But I try to um, not do it too much. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's, um, you know, Listening to to you and your and your your co-hosts uh, mingle together, I, I guess I can appreciate that uh, sort of uh, more individual aspect uh, of you, and that you sort of can portray yourself as really who you are. Uh. So yeah. so then the the other part of uh, of your identity I'm I'm curious about, right, is your your actual work as an as an artist, right? So yeah. are you doing this? Uh, you're doing this freelance or? Yeah, I'm a, like a full-time freelancer. I'm like one of those people. People think that I'm super free and always bombing around, <laughs> which is not which is not like untrue sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but in, you know, Singapore is such a very high high pressure kind of uh, city and society, right? And mm. so, so this is something I've always wondered: is that how people get started uh, as, out as an artist, you know, or make that career choice? Oh, um, well, I guess. I started because uh, I, I, when I was in secondary school, I was like, I was really stupid because, <laughs> you know, when you get like uh, streamed into your, uh, at secondary two into classes, right? I wanted to take literature and, you know, geography and like history and all the fun, like arty stuff. Mm. And I forged my parents' signature. No, really? I did. I did, totally. And then, um, unfortunately, my form teacher, uh, she saw the form and then she was like, oh, called up my parents because she's like, hey, you know, actually, Angie should go to the triple science double math. And we think it would be a waste if she went into literature and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my parents are like, what are you talking about? Dun, dun, dun. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was forced into like triple science, double math, and I totally hate that shit, man. Like right. it was miserable. And uh, yeah, so um, fast forward, I was uh, one day sent out of class for doodling. I was I hated the teacher and I was like drawing torture doodles of her. I didn't hear her coming <laughs> up behind me. She saw it. And then she was like, what are you doing, Engineer? How dare you blatantly doodle under my nose and set me out of class. And I was like, hey, holy shit, I can get out of class, man. By drawing? Yeah, by drawing. And uh, I started like just drawing nonstop. And, you know, like uh, I was quite fortunate as well. There were some really nice teachers who said, hey, you know, if you really want to do this and you really hate um, studying academic stuff, Mm. Maybe you should think about going to the polytechnique. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, that's how that's kind of how I got started, I guess, because I was so miserable in the class mm. studying. Um, I don't know if it's because of the subjects, because I do enjoy like you know physics and biology, and I, I kind of have fun with math, but I, I hated that whole like how people are so cutthroat, you know, mm. in the top classes. It's really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Uh, I can totally relate, man. Growing <laughs> yeah. up, I think. I think the you know, I, I I grew up. I grew up and studied in Singapore all the way through to JC, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. JC, the two years at JC were like some of the worst years academically for me in terms yeah. of like, the pressure and the stress and everything. I think that's the thing, right? Because um, what is sad about the educational system is that sometimes it sucks all the joy out of learning. Yeah. Uh, for kids, I don't know. Like, it just stops you from wanting to learn because you're just—it's just, it's just sh- shoved down your throat. Yeah. So much, you know. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know, it's it's kind of funny you mentioned that because um, you know, you know, my my whole podcast is about economics, right? Yeah. When exactly. I first came across formal economics in JC, I hated, mm. I hated yeah. it. Yeah. I I found no no meaning, no joy, no joy. There was. Yes. It was all like how to how to get the best marks, what to write in your essay, yeah. what graphs to what what graphs do you put in, you know what what uh, formulas or equations do you memorize. It was it was lifeless, and the the funny thing, right, was that my lecturer was actually one of the most eccentric prof- uh, teachers that I've <laughs> ever ever seen. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, so? I'm, I'm I'm I swear to God. So she would. So we would have these lectures in the lecture theater, right? Yeah. And she's this super quirky auntie character. <laughs> because I think she's also aware that economics is a very dry subject. Yeah. So she would have like, you know, like a cartoon dog or like a cartoon cat in her lecture oh, slides. Oh, so cute. To, to put like all these, like, like all the points and what to remember and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, even her, her own character is also a bit of a... A, a cartoon a, character? Yeah, she's a bit of a cartoon character. <laughs> He's uh-huh. like a, a happy cat lady. You think they put it oh, there. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. so in a sense, you know, I, I kinda sympathize with her because she was trying her best to make economics interesting. Mm, but yeah. I think it was like the 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 outward the outside pressure and the whole system, right? I right. guess. Right. What 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 you were studying it for, I guess, made it uh I guess terrible for a lot of people. Yeah, it, w- yeah. it wasn't. When, it wasn't when I when I came across economics in, in many different uh, forms later through like podcasts or books or, or mm. YouTube uh, uh, documentaries and stuff that I grew to love it because of uh, what it means. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, I can totally relate. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the thing that I really hate about the system because for me, I I love to learn about new things and I'm very interested in many many different things. Mm. Um and you know, like grades to me have never been very important. Um, but like to and and I'm I, I think I'm pretty lucky that my parents are quite chill about my grades as well. You know, um, so and my both my parents read a lot, so I think that's where I get that from. But I I look at my little cousins and I look at the little children in in my friend circle. You know, and and sometimes I. I just feel so sad when I see all the joy and uh, the the love for learning being sucked out of them. You can yeah. like literally see it. They just become like these little lifeless little, you know, I don't know things. It's yeah. sad. Yeah. Um. But but again, I think I've also been quite lucky to have 
really, really amazing teachers um, when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And those teachers uh, made such a deep impression on me. I had like this teacher, right? Uh, her name is... Okay, I wouldn't say her name, but <laughs> she was so scary, man. So scary. She was an English teacher. Uh-huh. And she would... She's a bit... I would say crazy, you know, like, because when you were in her class, you would be so scared. Right. Because there was this dude, like one of my friends, you know, he was singing this song, uh, You're Not a Boss of Me Now. Yeah. And then she heard it. He was singing it <laughs> under his breath. She heard it. And she made him stand outside the class and sing it for entire, like, two periods. No. Yeah. She was that crazy. Wow. And then there was, like, another time where, like, one of our classmates um she was laughing at something that she shouldn't be laughing at right and then she made her stand on a chair in class and laugh for the entire period she was that crazy basically oh my god but she was also she used to be a lawyer so Mm. every time you do something wrong like when she asks you a question she'll she'll make it so that whether you answer yes or no you're always wrong you're (laughs) fucked yeah basically (laughs) so she, she was really really scary that way but then um i think she had like a really great way of um, explaining classes and making things interesting, right? You know, even so, even though you're fucking scared of her, like her lessons were always so interesting, and <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I think as a as a teacher now myself, um, I take a little bit of inspiration from. Her. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so yeah. I think it's so important for um, teachers to make lessons interesting for their students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know when you're talking about like your, your horrible teacher experiences, right? You you gave me, you gave me like flashbacks, man. Like I know, like PTSD, right? <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> you know that there's there's this one particular uh, teacher from from primary school that I I distinctly remember, and I don't remember a oh, lot from primary yeah. school, but I remember there was this one time, right? That um, you know, she she has a bit of a mean mean streak to her, lah. Right, but this is one of the like the most creatively mean things that I think she's ever done. So uh-huh. we had some like class in the computer lab or something, and then um she so she brought us to the computer lab, and of course like when you know you have a bunch of like ten year olds, eleven year olds at computer lab in front of a computer. You, you, hello, hello, games, new yeah. pets at the time, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. So you know, <laughs> it's uh how to say like like civility is like the last thing you would expect out of a class of, of like of like forty kids. So the 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 period already started for like ten minutes, and she just couldn't keep us quiet or keep us concentrated at the subject at all, right? We were just like chatting away, you know, distracted and everything. And then the thing is, right? What she did after a while is she just sat down at the at the desk at front. And she just stared at us and just didn't say anything. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So so then yeah. so then after like five, ten minutes, right, people started yeah. to notice. And then and then and then and then and then some kids were like, Hey, what what's wrong with the teacher? What's wrong with the teacher? And yeah. then we're, we're, we're like we're like we're like looking back at her and then suddenly the whole room is like quiet. And you know the thing is the <laughs> so thing effective, is, man. Yeah. The thing yeah. is the whole class just remained silent for the rest of the period. The, the teacher didn't say anything at all. And in the end, it's Isn't like, that amazing though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so damn scary, man. No one wanted to say it. No one wanted to say a word. But that, yeah. but, but that, that, that memory stuck with me until like, like now. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But like, you know, um, to me, sometimes it's really, really interesting because right now I'm kind of interacting with teenagers, right? Mm. And 
um, it's very interesting because I'm teaching in poly and you know, our system, our education system yeah. it is, uh, how do you say up till secondary school? I think most of them are very used to being spoon fed and, you know, just regurgitating stuff. Right. So when you're putting them in a poly environment, especially in a design poly where like, you know, things are up to them to decide, you know, they yeah. have to kind of justify why they drew it this way or designed it this way. You know, like it's it's a very interesting, uh, it's like watching them kind of develop their thinking and critical skills for the first time. Mm. And sometimes I'm just like, I just feel like it's a little bit late for them to be learning that in in Paulila. But mm. yeah, that's the thing, man. Yeah, anyway, so... Um... <laughs> we just went on like an entire like, <laughs> oh my god, my PTSD flashbacks from like, school. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving me nightmares for tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Oh, oh right, right. So, so okay, so so last thing before we move on to the podcast, right? Yeah. Um, I've noticed this on on uh, Facebook and Instagram, I guess, because I, I follow mm-hmm. you on there. Yeah. I noticed that you have this obsession with fish. Oh, yeah. Can, 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 can you tell me more about this? I'm, I'm so curious. Uh, what about it? Like, why like, am like, I obsessed about fish? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, are you like a pet lover in general or do you just particularly love uh, yeah, fish? Like, yeah, like, um, okay, well, see, the thing is, um, fish, okay, so, like, I love dogs, I love cats, you know, mm. um, but I can't have them for now. Mm. And then, like, fish, on the other hand, you know, like, I, I'm, I can have them as many as I want. Right. But then um, the other thing that's really interesting about having fish is that you're, you are a god, basically, <laughs> when you own fish. What and do you mean? What I mean by that is that, you know, uh, when you have a dog or a cat, right? Yeah. You don't control everything, basically. Okay. You don't, con- you don't have like an ecosystem with- around them um, mm. where, you know, you control the air that they breathe. And uh, you control what they eat and their exercise, but they are quite independent and quite okay to survive without you. Mm. But for fish, right? Like if you're doing planted tanks like I do, um, you basically have to start an entire ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And everything that goes into the glass box, right? Like the world that you're building um, is controlled by you, basically. Wow. And then, you know, like, uh, you control the light, for example, um, you control the soil, uh, you control your filter system, you control uh, the species of fish that you have, how many in there, how do you balance uh, the ratio of fish to like tank and, you know, you decide whether they live or die, essentially. Oh my god. <laughs> Have I sold the idea of fish keeping to you? <laughs> no, you just uh <laughs> you made it sound so um terrifying in a way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little bit terrifying because fish die really easily. Yeah. And I mean when I was a kid I killed so many and uh, like even now I'm like killing some. <laughs> um but I guess uh, I like the element of control. Um, mm. My psychologist has pointed that out to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> like he said, maybe you're an illustrator because you can kind of decide um, 
you know, like world building, basically. Right. So I, I told him uh, that why I love illustration is also because I can decide um, what goes into the world that I want to draw. Right. Like, you know, what the characters are doing and, you know, what's happening to them. Right. That sort of thing. So yeah. this, did, did, this, did this all stem from that teacher who caught you trying to forge your, <laughs> forge your parents' signature? I don't know, man. Like, um, I feel like... Yeah, well, okay, that one, right? I feel like it's really shitty for your parents to have control over what you're studying because you're not the one in the classroom, right? You're right. the one who has to study it. And I'm, you know, like, why do my parents get to decide for me what I study? Right. It doesn't make sense to me. So I've always been like that kind of kid. <laughs> or maybe I'm just justifying my bad behavior. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, now... <laughs> Did you, like, get a, more than you asked for? I mean, you know, I'm always, I'm always surprised by these conversations, like how deep you can go by just asking a few simple questions. So, <laughs> Like yeah. fish, right? Why fish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting something like, oh, I just like the color. I just like the, the way the aquariums are or something. <laughs> I do like that as well. You know? These are really beautiful. That's that's very much a part of the enjoyment of fish as well. How right. they look, how they swim, how right. they move through water. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, expect this whole like uh, locus of control, world building <laughs> element to it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> John, like when. Okay, so now I'm not so like crazy about fish. Mm-hmm. I, I still love fish, but I'm not crazy about it. Mm-hmm. But the, when I first got into it, I wouldn't shut up about it. And John was all like, God, can you just shut the fuck up already? <laughs> Wait, so this was a recent thing or what? Um, it started like last year, uh, earlier last year, I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, so, mm. so what was your obsession with before that? Uh, before that, it was jewelry. <laughs> okay. And before that, like, I mean, I go through phases. I you, There's this fa- phrase in Chinese that, that's like, you know, like five minute mm. passion. Mm-hmm. And it kind of applies to me quite a bit. My <laughs> friends are all like, well, you're going to stop having your fish by like end of the year. Or like, oh, oh no, God. we will. They're like, oh, we'll give you till your birthday in July. You know, you stop crazy, being crazy about fish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I go through phases with, like, the media I consume, but... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, so, as, as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I tend to be quite an obsessive person. So when I like something, I, I really go all the way. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I mean to, to, some, to some extent, you got to, like, appreciate the sort of passion that you have, that people have for that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah passion, you know, passion like, is uh, very, very infectious, and yeah, it is. You know, because it's so fucking crazy. Like before, I got into fish, right? I didn't really realize how mm-hmm. many like Singaporean men were into <laughs> fish. You know, all, all having the same control issues. <laughs> that one, I don't know, lah. Like, I mean, I, what I found generally was like men are very, very like crazy about the idea of breeding fish. They want their their fishes to breed. Oh my. Yeah, like it's really strange. You're like, okay, maybe we shouldn't go into this. <laughs> it's like a whole other story. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I was very like uh, amused when I uh, went into this hobby because it's also very male dominated for the most part. Mm, mm. And then when you go into like a fish shop, they're like, I go on, you say, I can't 
And then they'll like try to mansplain stuff to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Yeah, but you know, anyway, thank you so much for, for sharing. I appreciate you opening You're up welcome. about your passions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always fun to learn. If you uh, ever want to have fish, I can hook you up with it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Drop the the discount code. Uh, I'll leave it in the description. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's move on to the first podcast, and this one is called Critical Role, and the episode in question is episode twenty six, Consequence and Cows. Yep. Angie, please yes. tell us what this podcast is about. Uh, can I make a confession before that? Yeah. I was uh, debating my, with myself whether I should send this to you okay. or um, the, the what was it? Waking Up Podcast by Sam Harris, right, one right, of the episodes. Right. Um, in fact, one of the episodes that I posted in our podcast group, like, the one about death. Oh. Thinking about death, yeah. Because right, right. that was one, that's also one of my favorite podcast episodes ever. Mm-hmm. But then I, I realized that I could make you listen to like effectively what is five hours of D <laughs> roleplay so i picked this one <laughs> that is uh that is so mean but i i, I still appreciate it and i will listen <laughs> because and, you've already listened to the other one I've already listened, as well yeah 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 that's true yeah and i, I mean to to be upfront about it this this episode it's one episode by the way it was f- yeah four hours and 41 minutes <laughs> I Jesus Christ! I didn't know they made podcasts that long. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, please continue. Tell us more about this. Yeah. So, um, critical role. Um, they're basically like a team of people who uh, play Dungeons and Dragons, lah. Mm. So, Dungeons and Dragons is a tabletop game that I think most of you would have heard of, and I only heard of earlier this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was that I. I've always heard of it, and my impression of uh, this D&D thing was that there are a bunch of people in the basement somewhere, and they're, like, fussing about with paper and dice. That, that, that's, still mostly, that's, that's still mostly my impression. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which is I, I, kind of true, I guess, <laughs> in a way. Right. In Singapore, they don't play in dun- uh, basements because we don't have basements, but... <laughs> <laughs> but mostly it's a bunch of people like you know fiddling around with paper and dice right so i i saw this like short intro video of someone explaining what D was on facebook and then i posted it and then i said something like hey this is so cool uh anyone wants to play with me mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and i i knew that john uh from our podcast he he does play a lot of uh, tabletop games mm. and I, I was like tagging him in that video and I said hey John can you like do a game for us right and then one of my friends uh, Xiao Han he's from the Curious Chimeras mm-hmm. uh, and he's a professional DM mm, now wow uh, yeah so uh, he, he does a lot of like gameplay experiences and he's open to um, what do you call it like designing uh, bespoke experiences for you and your players 
your friends, uh, and and uh, a lot of companies use it for team building as well. So he he wrote on the post and he was like, "Hey, how about a game tonight?" I was like, "What? Where am I going to find people?" <laughs> and then like I start tagging people, and I was like, "Okay, game at this time at our company's hub. Right? Who's coming?" And then we started our first game that night. Uh huh. Like super last minute show kind of thing. Yeah, and then after that, we were like super hooked. Right. So uh, we we didn't play D and D. We played this system called the Nightmares Underneath. So, but essentially, what a tabletop RPG is is that um, you kind of uh, role play a character. And in official Dungeons and Dragons, they have like books to tell you oh, what different races, like orcs and uh, elves, and you know. So you essentially decide what character you want to play. So if like say I wanted to play an eighty year old man who was a dwarf and he has a uh, uncle, Singlish uncle accent. I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what was really fascinating for me about um, that, like ro- tabletop roleplay, is the use of your imagination. Mm. Like it struck me that you know we are all people sitting at a table in the middle of a mall, and we are inhabiting this world made up of words that were coming out from our dungeon master's mouth that no one else in this mall is aware of. Right. You know, it's really fascinating because, like, the, just the use of words and your imagination and, like, how you visualize things in your own head, you can essentially be transported to this other dimension. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you play games there. You play, like, an alternate self and you can do things like, you know, climb the walls and, and like, pickpocket something. Mm. And it's so fascinating for me because, you know, there's no other visual aid for uh, that game that we played. Uh, but I was seeing things so clearly you know i was seeing everything like it was pretty amazing yeah and it's like a it's it's a very collaborative game because you don't because okay so like i love video games as well Mm -hmm. but the difference between a video game and a tabletop rpg is that um you've got sandbox video games right where you can essentially do almost anything you want but you have to kind of realize that that experience was also designed for you yeah by a game designer so like all the graphics how things look how things act uh you know the physics within the game for example um okay for sandbox and then for those games that are not sandbox which is the majority of games out there right um they are geared towards a certain thing you have to complete a certain task uh you have to complete a certain I don't know, thing, right? Uh, to get to the end of the game. And that is also crafted to you by the game designer. There are like a few paths you can probably take, uh, but that's it. The uh, the thing about um, D&D is that it's so collaborative that, you know, like uh, suppose that you have a mission to rescue a princess, right? It can just totally go haywire. And then you end up in the bar and having a brawl with some kind of a weird person. <laughs> you know, like, their their world is just open to you. I mean, this is provided that you have a good DM, right. which I do have. Right, right. Shahan's right. the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was actually the thing that um struck me when I listened to this, and mm. and I guess about about D and D in general as well is that you know this DM. I, I, I'm so curious about the role of the Matthew DM. Mercer. Yeah. He he. Is such a hot <laughs> <laughs> hot dude. Is he really the hot brain? Um. 
Okay, he's not really hot, but like uh, he, like I have a lot of respect for him as a DM. Yeah. So the thing about uh, Critical Role, and this is the only D and D podcast that I listened to so far. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes it really enjoyable for me is that all of them in this part uh, podcast they are like voice actors. Mm. A lot of them voice uh, characters in uh, video games. Yeah. Like big, huge video game titles. Um, they also voice anime characters, so they're really great at um, being that character. You know, like when my friends and I play, we don't have that kind of accents. We don't, you know, uh, make do it like role play so emotionally. Right, right, right. But here, right, like it, it's really like y- y- truly immersive, and which is very different from like other podcasts, uh, D and D's uh, podcasts that I've listened to. Like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and Mercer mm. is amazing, man. The way he describes things, right? Yeah, describes things, and the way he he adds these voice effect, uh, sorry, the 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 sound effects and stuff like that through yeah. his voice, and yeah. the way he sort of crafts the narrative. And I want to marry Matthew Mercer, <laughs> but he's already married, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, but I thought the role that Mercer played was so so incredible and so unique. I mean, to to someone who's never you know, who's never been interested in D&D before, listening for the yeah. first time how a game is actually being played, right? It's like, mm. wow. It's like, I, I didn't know the, the role of the DM was so important because I always thought it was like more of like a referee kind of thing. Yeah, and I, no, like the the amazing thing about DMs is that they craft the entire world. So, yeah. so like in the case of D&D, right? Like uh, they have like places for you to refer to, like so, so they have like cities and things like that. Mm. And the DM can look, read from them and then um, kind of take inspiration or use these uh, places. Mm. But there are also a lot of homebrews where like DMs just do up their own maps and like their own history of towns. Mm. So like, for example, the um, place where they were playing at in Teldore, right, uh, is a is now written by Matthew Mercer and an actual book that uh, other DMs can read and look at. Wow. And it's written by Matthew Mercer. And which is really amazing for me because... Um, as a creative, right? Um, you look at the way that um, so so critical role. <laughs> That's the the first campaign. They are on their second campaign now. Mm-hmm. Totally different characters, totally different settings. But the first campaign, right? I fucking finished the entire thing, which is like a hundred plus episodes, and each episode was about like same length as the one why, that you just why listened to. Why do the campaigns take so long? Um, because like uh, there are levels to the character, and okay. then you fight the final boss. Okay, so so at the at the end of the campaign, it's like oh the 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 final mission like that they were set out to yeah, do from the correct. first first episode. That's when yeah. they finally complete it, is it? Um, it also comes to a point where your character is so highly powered because you have so many you up the level so much already right. that like you know it's kind of stupid to keep on playing and just you know have better and better and worse bosses la basically so at this time like a lot of people will just retire the characters and start a new campaign mm. you know yeah um but i think the why it takes so long as well for this particular group is also because there's a lot of narrative storytelling mm. in there as well so there's a lot of like um character arcs so each character has their own backstory and Matthew Mercer like explores that wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Um not all DMs do that I think and not all players do that. Like there are a lot of uh D&D games where it's basically just, you know, a bunch of guys come come in, they fight a few monsters, get a few XP's and level up. Mm. Which is not what I'm interested in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and mm. I mean um 
just just to uh to 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 make a note about the the narrative and and stuff like that right um mm. you know when i <laughs> i've listened to this one and a half times really <laughs> because, because i uh, try try to i try to but when 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 i listened to the first time round I, I have to be honest it was very it was very hard for me to to follow the get story into it, right? get yeah, get like, into I it was... and follow along with the story uh, as well I, like I was kind of wondering if I should start you off with the first episode, yeah. but I decided not to do it because a uh, the first episode also this is not the first episode because before this uh, podcast they've mm. already been playing it at home for years. Mm. So like it starts in the middle already, mm. uh, and and to be honest, like the production values in the first couple of episodes were really terrible. They were still figuring out the mics. I, I'm sure right. you know all these things, you know, thing, <laughs> technological problems. Right, I mean, right, right. We are still kind of fussing with our equipment <laughs> right now as the long gun kitties. <laughs> you should know, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I didn't want you to, and, and honestly, they weren't as interesting as the later yeah. episodes. Um, but I also didn't want you to, like, get into one where an episode where it's like super heavy and stuff. So this one I thought was a pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, way um, to get in. I mean, yeah, there, there's, it, it was, it was that like in the sense that you were jumping in into like a, a world that you weren't yeah. familiar with. You don't with. know these characters at all. You don't know, you don't know the character. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But the, I think the, the other aspect to it was that, um, you know, for, for, for listeners who are not familiar with, with how D and D is being played, you know, it's very, mm. How do I put this? In terms of storytelling, right? It's not smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. Yeah, so so yeah, it's not like a well-crafted narrative. Exactly. So yeah, so because you never know what's gonna happen next. Yeah, yeah. There's there's that, and then like there's the reason why this is like five hours long is because you know they have to roll the dice, they have to yeah, explain this, exactly. they have to say that, <laughs> they have like they have like jokes in between, they have like different yep. banter here and there. So. Yep. So you know when you're listening for the first time and you're, and you're not really that invested, it, it's it can be a little it bit. It can be a put off. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit off putting. But I thought it was. You persevered. Well done. I persevered, Eddie. and somehow you know, the <laughs> I guess I I don't I don't want to spoil it the the the, the ending la, to this episode, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was a ride la. <laughs> Let's just put it, it is, that way. Right? <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you enjoy it though? I mean, I I don't know if I'll continue listening. To it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I, okay. As in terms of 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 pure narrative, I, I would rather listen to other formats. But I can appreciate yeah. it for what it does, and I can understand mm. why people uh, would love this sort of thing. Because yeah. when, because when I listen it, when I when I my my first twenty minutes of listening to this, I I just didn't get how people could listen to this for like five hours, or you listen to this yeah. for like five hundred hours. <laughs> <laughs> But, I was so shocked, you know, when I did the calculation. I was like, fuck, I spent like, what? 500. Yeah. And yeah. because I was listening to this so intensely, I have, I've not listened to any other podcast. <laughs> yeah. In the time. Yeah. 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 But then, you know, if you, if you take the effort to invest your time into this, I think there, there is a real sort of satisfying and, and emotional payoff, lah. Yeah. Because you 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 have the time to build uh that 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 sort of uh, connection with the characters and what they're doing yeah. and then you know at the end, yeah yeah when 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 they triumph for whatever then yeah you get that payoff and I think it's a, uh, it's I it, I think it's a it's a little bit of a lost, 
art, you know? Like, um, you know you're talking yeah. about how the video games now are different. The, mm. the, the one thing that I find so fascinating about, about this, right, about D&D mm. in particular, is how it's been able to survive in this day and age. And, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, the... You know, like, there's something that is very childish about it, in a way, because essentially you're just sitting around a table and making stories, right? Like, which is what little kids do. You're playing. Yeah, that, I, I, yeah. Think, I think that element is one thing. And, and I think another thing as well is that because it requires so much time and effort is that at the end, you kind of get a very, very different sort of uh, experience, right? Yeah. And particularly because you have, to, you have to spend so much time with other people as well. So mm. it's like this incredible shared experience that you rarely get from like a video game, even though video games have, you know, you know all these uh, you know, cool graphics and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like... I, I think it's it stands alone in itself la, as, a, as a game experience. Well, actually, you know, um, the thing about it is that I read this article about, like, the importance of gaming and why it's important. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think that article was talking more about video games, but it was talking about, like, how in the, our modern times, right, we don't really go through a lot of hardship. We don't really go through... Unless you've got, like, conscription, la, right, which is what we have in NS, which is why... You guys, when you get together, you never stop talking about like your NX experience, right? It's our shared pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it builds a bond, right? And right. For right. the most part of the like, you know, civilized society or like first world countries, you don't necessarily have that anymore. Mm. You don't go through hardship together, like because you don't have that sort of physical toil and turmoil and like you know overcoming. You know that that uh, what's this? Named Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, where you like overcome this obstacle and become a hero, and blah blah blah. Mm. Um, they were talking about like how video games have kind of taken over that uh, that role mm. because a lot of times when you are you know playing with your friends like first person shooters where you have to like coordinate stuff and you know shoot things together, mm. uh, you kind of build that team bond. I think in D and D it's also something sim- similar, but like um, probably to a more uh, a deeper effect I would say because the the world that you're in is built in your head yeah essentially yeah it's yeah. a it's a very intimate sort of a, sort of a experience right in, in, in the mm. sense that it is very very much um, you know very very personal and uh, very much uh, it's very easy to get attached to this kind of thing la. yeah it is you know like sometimes we're, we're like I meet up with like some of my team players we'll be like hey remember the time you did this and that <laughs> like it's like we actually did it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah and then like sometimes when you do like really crappy shit in this in the game you know they'll be like Angie you're an asshole I'm like that was in the game <laughs> no <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but like it, well okay so like one of the most interesting experiences I've had so far uh, playing like a tabletop RPG was when I asked my DM to do a game for me and a couple of my friends p- who's never played D&D before, plus my godson who was like seven years old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's a game that is very cute. It's called Honey Heist and it's a one shot. So you can essentially play it in two hours. Hmm. And basically you're all bears. You're trying to like uh, doing a, do a honey heist where you steal honey from somewhere. Basically. <laughs> okay. Right. So, 
Um, my godson, he didn't quite understand the game mechanics, I think. Right. Um, and because we're all adults, right? Like, I think it's a, it, it gives like a very different player dynamic than if you're playing with all adults or, or all kids. Mm. So basically, us adults, we're like, you know, going along with the game and blah, blah, blah. And then my godson, he was just doing whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> like, it was so hilarious. Like, um, so at one point, uh, I think he, he was like uh, jumping out of the car uh, of our truck. And then like he was pulling skeletons out from his pockets and things like that. And then he suddenly had a gun from nowhere. And, and you know, all of us, like, we, like the three of us were playing it, right? We're like, what the, how do we react to this? Right. And then like, you know what my DM said? Mm-hmm. There was this scene where he was like, kind of, he ran out of the car. He said he ran out of the car mm-hmm. and he started to like hack the enemy. Basically, there was no enemy, but he was hacking away at the enemy. Okay. And then, so the DM said this and he said, and the three of you look on at this old senile bear who was standing in the middle of traffic, uh, holding an invisible sword and whacking his invisible enemy. And then the game makes sense, you know, because now we're dealing with like a senile old bear <laughs> instead of like a, you know, like a magic uh, you know, thing. Right. Yeah, and that shifted the game's uh, point of view for me so much that I was, I think that left such a deep impression of what uh, a DM can do, like with just the power of words. Yeah, words, words yeah. and uh, imagination, right? Exactly, and the way that he interpreted the situation for the rest of us, yeah. who were like, what's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That is uh, quite amazing. That is so fascinating. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. It gave me a lot of insight into like how our perceptions were sh- can be shaped by words essentially. Mm. You know. Yeah. 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 I, th- I guess that the <laughs> I mean this is going to sound this is going to sound incredibly geeky, right? But um <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I guess that 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 world building aspect or that narrative shifting aspect the the thing that fascinates me the most, right, is how you're able to so willingly change like your environment and and in effect like your all your constraints and all your conditions and all your circumstances, because you know a big thing in in economics, right, and mm. especially if you want to use economics as a narrative tool to explain why certain things happen or why people make certain decisions is you have to look at their constraints and what kind of circumstances they're being put under. Okay. So the, so the thing about D&D, I guess, that, that really intrigues me is that this DM has so much power to just change that at will. Like, like, like yeah. you said, you know, um, uh, when, when, when you talk about that game that you play with your godson, right? It's like all, all his actions didn't make sense. Until, boom, he explains the circumstance, the context, and then suddenly, oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah, so, like, after after that, it was, like, easy breezy. You know, we yeah. just treat him like a senile old bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... But, like, you yeah. know what is really important is also your DM, I guess. Like, um, there are some DMs who, who can abuse that power mm. and make people feel really bad or, like, uh, make the game really unenjoyable mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, well, so so you you mean like you, they go on like an ego trip or, or they have some vendetta against one of the players or what? Uh, there are DMs that 
I've 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 like stood and like listened to some games like because so far I only played with like two or three DM. John is also a DM as well. Like he DMs one of the games that I play. Um, I've heard some really really not so nice DMs. Um, like the way they scold their uh players hmm. sometimes not so nice. Um, and of course some players can be total assholes as well. Like they try to break the DM story or they don't go along with what the other players want. Right. Um, so, like, I think why I had such great experience uh, with D and D is also the fact that I'm playing with friends. Mm. Yeah, like, and most of these friends are also creatives, which makes it really easy to get into certain things. Because I've seen like how like non creatives sometimes can kind of struggle with the um, some aspects of storytelling or like mm. playing along the story or understanding how to, you know do spur of the moment things right 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 or like roll along with the punches and like make up new things right 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 yeah right huh that is so mm. fascinating oh all right so do, do you feel like playing now <laughs> <laughs> i mean you, you know the interesting thing right is that i was gonna say if if i could find the time i would but um i remember when i was growing up i used to do like all night poker sessions with my friends so I can't really say uh-huh. that I can't really say that <laughs> you can totally find time right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh maybe you can like join us uh, like I mean join John and I and so- some other friends when we play our game that could be done like for like sure. a one time thing sure create, <laughs> create create some podcasters adventure or something I don't yeah, know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we find like evil mic audio <laughs> evil audio equipment <laughs> you know oh my god <laughs> yeah 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 man yeah I'm, I'm, I'm holding you on to that NG <laughs> okay aunt uh, <laughs> I will ask John to DM that <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, cool, you know, do you have anything, any uh, parting words for Critical Role and this episode? Actually, we didn't really talk much about the, what what the episode was about, like, but you know, I guess it, it was. It's, it's about... hard to talk without giving spoilers, I guess. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but uh, but I think that's not so important. The important part was like you listened to it for four hours, plus plus, <laughs> and that uh, I succeeded in making someone listen to it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that you at least now kind of uh, maybe a little bit understand what it's about and possibly have some interest in playing it <laughs> with us. Yeah. I mean uh-huh. I mean you know the, the 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 great thing about doing this uh series right mm. is that I get exposed to so many kinds of podcasts that I I would never have found right. on my own. And yeah. you know, it's like I I, I guess in, in a sense it's it's a bit of a, a challenge as well. Uh, because like sometimes, you know, if if I had come across Critical Role myself, I wouldn't have clicked on it. Right? Because yeah. of because of the of the length uh, that is first yeah, and foremost. For sure. It's like a huge time sink. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. know, it's like once you've actually made the effort and then it's you know, hey, it's it's not that bad and you you, you learn something new. So it's yeah. yeah, I'm I'm always uh appreciative to of of that uh, I guess. Yeah. Mm. All right, yeah. So, okay, so yeah. Um, do you have any parting words for Critical Role and uh, this episode in particular? Critical Role. Um, no, I mean they're really famous already. So, if you are into D and think you already know them. If you don't know D and D, I think um, they are a great way to start off um, listening to a podcast mm-hmm. uh, about D and D. 
you know, just because Matthew Mercer is a genius. <laughs> uh, but also that uh, it can give you false expectations if you start playing D&D on your own. Because, you know, uh, not everyone, not every DM is like Matthew Mercer. Right. And your friends will not make be role-playing characters um, like the players in the podcast. Right. In fact, your first game will probably be really awkward. <laughs> people try to... Like, for me, I didn't really, like, start to understand my character until, like, a couple of games in where I'd be like, okay, this is what Avi would do. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Awesome. And and with that brings the end to today's episode. Thank you so much, Angie, for coming on. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm very honored to be on your podcast. Oh my god. Yeah. You're you're <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Polite yeah. words. Polite, Polite words. parting words. <laughs> after, and wait till after, you're a guest on our podcast to shoot you again. <laughs> <laughs> After all the F-bombs, polite words. I know, right? <laughs> polite words that ended nicely. <laughs> right. Anyway, so so for people who are interested in getting in touch with you or finding about finding more about your fantastic work or about Longkang Kitties, where can they do so? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think we have like a U- iTunes uh, of the Longkang Kitties, but uh, we also have... Oh, shit. SoundCloud. I'm still not prepared for this. Spotify. Yeah, we have, we're on SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, are we on Spotify? I'm not sure. <laughs> that one you have to ask John. Uh, we have like a Longkang Kitties part, uh, website. Right, right, right. Um, let me just try to see if I have. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have the URL. <laughs> oh this my is god! So terrible. Are you gonna cut this out? Yeah, I can. I can edit this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you can find us on longkangkitties.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud. We are also on um, Instagram at longkangkitties mm-hmm. uh, and iTunes as well. All right. Yeah. 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 So uh, if you like this episode, please do a big favor by sharing it amongst your friends or by subscribing to the Economical Rights Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or Spotify. All the links and details to the shows discussed in this episode will be available in the show notes on the website www.economicalrightspodcast.com and if you have any questions, suggestions or feedback for the show, you can drop a message on the social media links below. Once again, this has been your host Danny with special guest Angie at the Podcast Spotlight, the show by podcast fans for podcast fans. <laughs>